We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17 14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. up everybody welcome back to another episode of talk of the tundra as always i am your host numak and joining me to talk about the absolute thrashing the packers kicked off the new year with by uh dismantling the minnesota vikings at home uh is jordan tresky jordan how you doing buddy hello the vikings have been exposed as the frauds that they are for the green bay Packers. <laughs> there was a lot of fraud talk on the timeline this uh, this week, this yesterday in general, a lot of people don't like frauds. One I saw was a, a tweet that said "ring ring," and it was a fraud alert. It was a picture of the Vikings <laughs> logo. <laughs> so, um, also, I was thirty years old when I realized that they the side of the helmets those are Viking horns. Oh my lord, Jordan. <laughs> Like the the buddy, <laughs> it took you that long, huh? I was like, whenever I was a kid, I was like, oh, that's a cool like little like doohickey that like droops down. <laughs> a little doohickey, doohickey. It turns out they're called the Vikings for a reason, <laughs> and their helmets are designed with little doohickeys as such. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> but of course, the <laughs> the Packers defeated the Minnesota doohickeys. Uh, 41-17 on New Year's Day in an absolute just 
fantastic game in pretty much all assets or all facets of of the game. Started off a little slow, but uh, ended pretty strong, I'd say. Um, I would, I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like an avalanche, uh, pretty much the whole first half of just like. There's another good Packers thing. Oh, you want to take it to a uh, 105-yard touchdown, Keyshawn Nixon? Not to spoil the games and all the things that we're going to go into, but it was just like everything that you possibly could imagine how this would go uh, actually happened. That's right. <laughs> um, so to put it briefly before we get into the, the, the drive-by-drive breakdown, when Jalen Naylor is your leading receiver – Things aren't going for you as a good going for you well as a football team. So um, let's hop right into it. Um, like we had said, it started pretty slow, really, really slow. Um, punt from the Vikings, three and out, just another outstanding play by the defense. Um, just to negate that momentum of coming in to the game for the Vikings and really trying to show up and force their will upon the Packers who are trying to pretty much shut down their playoff hopes. Um, Packers then get the punt and then proceeded themselves to go three and out. So overall, not a very fast-paced start or a great start for the Packers' offense. Um, even worse, the Packers' special teams, as the punt gets blocked, as Dalen Levitt gets absolutely blown up on, uh, on the punt, I guess, blocking. Yeah, I'm not going to say coverage because that's wrong, but he was defending the line and got steamrolled by two Vikings, and one of them got their hands through and... Good for him for showing the effort to get up and then recover the ball so it didn't go in the end zone and get it down with the one. So, I guess, horrible job getting blown up. Good job still staying with the play. Yeah, very, very much so and uh, doing his best to save whatever you could be left. Yeah, big, big swing too because at that ball at the one-yard line and three straight, or not three straight, a pass to Adam Thielen that was off target, but not a not a great throw, but Thielen probably could have caught it. And then two straight uh, rushes by Dalvin Cook, and the Packers defense stands him up, only leaves them to uh, to three points, which is huge. I think, yeah, they actually lost a yard on from the one-yard line. Yeah, yeah, that was a huge stand by the Packers defense right there. Yeah, and it was... I guess the beginning of the trend of the rest of the game of the defense sort of enforcing their, uh, imposing their will, I should say. Yeah. Um, in my notes, I have on the Dalvin Cook like stuff, just Devontae Wyatt eye emojis, because mm-hmm. they were all stuffing the holes. Like, there's Devontae Wyatt stuffed a pretty big hole that Dalvin Cook could have rushed right into to make him cut and then obviously get tackled. And then um, Kenny Clark and uh, I think it's TJ Slayton was the one. Yeah. Um, just lived in the backfield on those two rushing plays to blow up that drive so and hold them three points. Yeah, and that, that's I think, huge. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it a little bit later too. But the front seven played a pretty big role in this in this game and just closing off holes. So, um, so without a doubt, the most exciting play of the day. Even though there was a very another really exciting play, we'll talk about in a little bit. <laughs> Uh, ensuing kickoff from the uh, Vikings to the Packers after the field goal. Kickoff to Keyshawn Nixon, and this the kickoff coverage parts like the Red Sea Jordan. 
the the cam from CBS with behind the kicker and going like right through just showed the biggest ten yard wide hole for him just to run right through. Uh I have a tweet here, right? Yeah, a tweet from Mesh Niedemann um talking about Keisha Nixon. Keisha Nixon didn't practice all week, as you guys obviously probably know, but on Sunday morning he texted Rich Biasacha, quote, I feel like a Ferrari. Whoo oh. baby my heart. I was listening to uh, Wayne Larrabee and Larry McCarran on the drive home from the holidays. And uh, Wayne Larrabee called him uh, Secretariat at the Belmont Stakes. Oh, man, my heart was awesome for all these calls. Obviously, he takes it back 105 yards. Touchdown. First time since 2011 the Packers have had a um, kickoff touchdown return. Is that Randall Cobb? That's right, on opening night. Saints game? Yep, that's right. Yep. yep. So, suffice to say, the Packers were overdue for a kickoff return from touchdown. Jordan, I want to know your reaction to watch this, because I just had the biggest smile on my face watching this entire thing. Um, super annoyed by the camera angle. Uh, super annoyed. I was like, I can't see anything. And then it's like... It, <laughs> my annoyment level was like, oh, oh he th- that hole is huge. Like he's going through it, and <laughs> there's no one there. Um, seeing the replay of it of Greg Joseph of like, do I go left or right? And it's literally it is Greg Joseph. It's literally yeah, multiple ways. Good lord, um, it is literally a one-on-one situation, and it's with a kicker, and it's like you are the last man left. Yeah, not and, um, not ideal. No, uh, I believe I saw today that Keisha Nixon only played three plays all game long because or that that can't be right. I'll take a look it up quick. Keep uh, keep keep uh, chatting. So because oh, either way, for all the talk and obviously every Packers fan was watching. Um, Injury reports released every day, and he's questionable. He did practice. He practiced this day. Matt Lafleur kind of saying, "Oh, he's going to practice," and then doesn't practice that day. There's just all this stuff of like, uh, like <laughs> we need him to like really, you know, be out there because of just how much he can just change the game. Right. Um, to do that in so like in short order and literally flip the game on its head and just do everything that that he's been doing but just now putting it home and getting six points and seven points out of it like right. oh my god it was so great so great um Keisha, Keisha nixon did only play three snaps he played three mm. special team snaps which might not be a bad idea given that um he was nursing that i think it was a groin injury right yes like, yeah that's go ahead that sounds right because that's why he left the miami game yeah nursing the groin injury it's seven points on the board for us, and uh, Rudy Ford and Donald Savage played most of the safety snaps uh, this game, and I think they just wanted to keep rolling with uh, resting him a little bit, but yeah, I don't yeah. think they really needed him on defense. Job was much. done. Yeah. yeah. The job not finished. Not yet, Jordan. No. <laughs> um, so then, ensuing Vikings drive from the touchdown, another three and out. It's only seven yards on that. Um, helped out with the uh, fact that um, as we talked about in the preview pod with Ty, TJ Hawkinson was a huge part of this game. The third drive is an incomplete pass to TJ Hawkinson. Um, the weird play where Kirk Cousins like, fumbled, the, fumbled the snap, but then Dalton picked it up and ran for like seven yards. 
and then another incomplete pass to TJ Hawkinson. Uh, TJ Hawkinson for the day, seven catches on 12 targets for uh, 59 yards. Those 12 targets felt like they were like 18, 20. Like I felt yeah. like every drive they were targeting him and targeting him multiple times on, on those. So really, um, I guess, important that they held him to seven catches because there was definitely passes he dropped this week where yes. it was going to be a first down or going to be like a significant play and just dropped. Like there was like one for sure where um where it was right off his hands and it had a huge play. So that's big big fan of TJ Hawkinson in weeks where he <laughs> isn't playing the Packers, but big fan of him having a dropsy day today or on Sunday. Yeah. Um is now the time that we go into Kirk Cousins, or do we let this simmer a little bit? I'm just it, like, we'll just let it simmer a little, yeah, little bit. We'll put it on low. It's a low heat. It, it'll <laughs> boil soon. Right. Um, I'm trying to see if there's like an actual like drop number that I can find for TJ Hawkinson. They don't give him any drops, which is pretty crazy. I'm pretty sure he dropped at least a couple. They must have been pretty lenient on some throws where he got hands on the ball and didn't make a catch. There's because there was a for sure one that was like right off his fingertips over his head. That sounds right, yeah. So PFF must be giving him some pretty lenient uh, decisions there. The, the graders are uh, it was New Year's Day for everybody in yep. terms of the graders, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um. So ensuing drive for the Packers, the Green Bay. Punt is returned to the for ten yards to their thirty-eight yard line. Uh, Aaron Jones, big day for Aaron Jones. We talk about him in a second. Um, ran for fourteen yards and then was pushed out of bounds for nine yards. Second one, third and one, fourth and one, all at the uh, Minnesota thirty-nine. Another really weird just set of downs, and this is like early on in the game when we really didn't know what to expect. This game, like, obviously turned out to be really good, winning 41-17. But you're up 7-3 at the Minnesota, we'll call it 40. Mm-hmm. And it's second one and third and one and fourth and one. And the plays go Aaron Jones up the middle for no gain, which is like, okay, fine with the play call. But then A.J. Dillon out pitched outside, which I don't like as a play call. Like, why not just run him up the middle? Yeah. And then um, Aaron Rodgers sacked for... Uh, 15 yards, which wasn't good. I'm I'm trying to scroll up to my notes here. Could have been worse based yeah. on the fumble that it got reversed. Yeah, it could have been a lot worse. And I have, um, yeah, yeah. That whole, that play. I think that was the drive where they basically call after the Jones's like nine yard gain. They basically call the same play but flipped the field and then yeah, did it with Dylan again, and it's like. They obviously knowing what we you know going through the whole game and everything like that they made such an effort to you know get the ball to their running backs between mm-hmm. Jones and Dillon, right? And yeah, there was some definitely feeling out uh, in the first couple of drives that like offensively was like it's not clicking yet, it's not clicking, right? I think it's definitely. I'm not going to say worrisome, but it's definitely a theme to look at just throughout this game. Cause, yes. Um, I guess we'll get to it. We'll get to the theme in a moment after this next 
couple of drives. So, Packers end up turning over on downs. Immediately, minute 15 later, um, Packers, or I'm sorry, the Vikings, incomplete TJ Hawkinson, uh, incomplete Justin Jefferson. This is the play where Dreyer graded on him. Really great. That's right, yes. We're going to take a side note. Just a little side, little fork down the road, or roundabout way to get the rest of the drive. <laughs> the energy that Justin Jefferson left this game with is incredible. Like, don't get me wrong. Justin Jefferson is top two in wide receiver in the NFL right now, given like this year. But mm-hmm. to come out of that game being like, as as salty as he was, because I thought he was complaining about taunting and saying that he like he got in his head and it should have been a penalty. It's just like, accept that like you got shut down, and don't yep. call for a taunting penalty. Like I'm good for like saying that you could like missed op, I missed DPIs. Like that's an understandable complaint. An, a complaint about missing a taunting call might be the softest shit I've ever fucking heard of. Um, it is very uh, sad. That is for sure. And there was a lot of talk from Jair of going into the week of what, what, was, what was the exact quote? It was a fluke. Uh, his week one performance, uh, Justin Jefferson and the Vikings 23-7 win over the Packers. It was a fluke. Nine catches, 180 yards, and two touchdowns. I don't think it's a fluke, but I also think don't think this was a fluke. It, it's Another, it was basically the case of extremes where Justin right. Jefferson has a field day against the Packers in week one. In week 17, he gets absolutely shut down in ways that he has not done or been shut down any other week this year. Right. Um, yeah, it was that whole, how that everything just kind of <laughs> went about itself as we'll get into with Jefferson and Jair and just like, obviously the Packers defense. Right. Um, Pretty special stuff. The kind of stuff that we were talking about all the way back in September. And like, this is what the Packers are capable of. And to actually see that come into reality is, was fantastic. Right. I wouldn't say it a fluke. I like your um, comment of saying it's like the, the opposite end of the extremes. Like, I think the worst case scenario for the Packers week one is what happened week one. Just horrible defensive game planning great game by Justin Jefferson and just not being prepared. And then the opposite of that is Packers are really prepared for Justin Jefferson and he has a bad game and Kirk Cousins has a bad game and results in one catch for uh, 15 yards. And no, no taunting calls. And no taunting calls. <laughs> so we'll talk Jair and the secondary or Jair specifically um, in the once we get to the third quarter because that's when Justin Jefferson has his first catch, and then I want to go back and talk about like his his day. So, um, going back on the track of the of the game now, um, they also were after the after the deep incomplete pass to Justin Jefferson, another pass to Jackson, eight yards. So, like again, he was really involved. Like twelve targets really sums it up for how the Packers saw or how the Vikings saw they needed to use TJ Hawkinson throughout the, throughout the day. Yeah. Just really great for the Packers to keep him within check as much as he could. I'm mm-hmm. trying to like, see if I can find it quick, if I can see for yards after catch for TJ Hawkinson today. Because, or Sunday, excuse me. 
I felt like it was not a lot. No, because it was. Go ahead. Especially with like how a lot of those throws were just in tight windows. Like, mm-hmm. as much as they were probably looking for mismatches, and you know, I feel like he was like kind of primarily covering him, even though it was kind of split between defenders. But to the point of like where, oh yeah, they get it to Hawkinson, but it wasn't like he was running for daylight. The only daylight the Vikings had were, were like kind of free plays, really. Right. Um, TJ Hawkinson had 16 yards after catch today. It was 59. So not a whole lot. Yeah. Given his, uh, his targets and his reception amount. I Definitely. think that's a good point to talk about TJ Hawkinson too. Like it wasn't just one person. It was the entire defense covering him and making sure that he wasn't having a huge day on any certain per- uh, person. Mm-hmm. Um, Razul had four targets against, uh, or four targets while covering TJ Hawkinson, three for four, 20 yards. Quay had one. Um, zero receptions on one target. Adrian Amos had one reception on three targets for 13 yards. Um, Devondra Campbell had three receptions for three targets on 26 yards. Um, Darnell Savage, 0 for 1, like reception targets. So just a really great effort by the whole team to keep him in check, along with the fact that they benefit a few times from the drops that he had. Yeah, Even though they'll get for sure. He got credit for one, but he for sure had at least one. <laughs> um, that brings us brings us to the second most exciting play to happen this game. Uh, Kirk Cousins goes uh, to throw it downfield to uh, trying to see. Oh, does, was Adam Thielen? I think it might have been Thielen. Yeah, I think it's tipped by. I'm seeing I have it in my notes. You remember who it was tipped by? I forget. Oh, Rudy Ford. I'm gonna say it was Rudy Ford. Um. Yeah. Well, I don't don't have it. Preston. Or oh, never mind. Preston blocked Kirk. That's what that's for. Yeah. It says a PBU to deflection. I don't. I don't have my notes. But to Darnell Savage. Darnell Savage having quite the up and down year between expectations and injuries and being benched and just coming back now to this game, exemplifying his athleticism and just being able to play like this. Like obviously a. Everything's chaotic in a return, but you have to make the plays, and he made the play to return at 76 yards for a touchdown. And I think one of the best scenes of the Packers' season is Preston blowing up Kirk Cousins, making him look like a fool, falling into the end zone. And then they pan to Kirk Cousins after it, and it says, Darnell Savage across the bottom. Just pick six, and it's like, just Savage's name is always great for those kind of things. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah. It's both a name and a um a, a statement. That's right. <laughs> so pick six uh turns it to 14-3, which is great news for the Packers. Um and this is really where the wheels start to come off of the Vikings. I don't know if they, they if the defense got rattled or if the offense got rattled or just what was going on if the whole team got rattled. Like we talked about it I think in the Discord. Uh News, news alert, bring, 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 join the Discord, GSPN, GSPN.info, have a lot of good talks in there, um, back to regular programming, that the Vikings being 11-0, and I think, yeah, 11-0 and in one score games this year, meant a whole lot for them not flinching and not clenching when push came to shove in those, those games, like, they overcame the biggest deficit in NFL history to win in the fourth quarter. Yeah. 
Like, this team was resilient all year long. And just winning those games and gutting out those wins. Like, for as much as they were frauds, or not were, as much as people think they are frauds because of the point differential, the point differential is as bad as it is and such a talking point because of their record because they are winning those close games. Like, it's for sure something that doesn't happen often because, obviously, but... If you're 11-0 in those games, you're finding ways to win and not rolling over um, in situations where most teams would say, okay, on the next week. And that's not really what happened this game. No. They were, I mean, it, it was like a house of cards. It started with one pick. Or, and I, honestly, it really started with that, that goal line stand. Yeah. And it just, it was the domino effect of, like, they weren't getting anything that they wanted. And if they did, it was really hard. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're getting some completions and stuff like that. That was the other thing too. I'm watching, watching the game is like, we talked so much about like, yeah, the pack, even coming out of the Miami game, the Packers did really well. And, you know, obviously we touched on the two injury, but they were still completing passes Mm -hmm. pre and post concussion. And this week felt different where they're like, they were on everything. And so that was certainly helped by Kirk Cousins, you know, not play well at all. Um, but it was just, it was the matter of like imposing their will or even like, it just comes down to like for that interception, when Savage gets it, it is just like immediate. You know, you yep. just see the blocking. It was like the kickoff return. The lane just opens up for itself, like right away. Right. And it's like they have everything shielded off for him just to go down the sideline and score. And it was just stuff like that. That like, whether it was just I don't know aggression or just kind of like recognizing just to go. You know, let's fire on yeah. all cylinders. I, I just felt like the Packers just had it, and obviously. The Vikings did not at all. Right. <laughs> they played with that tenacity that we wish we wished that way they would have played with all season long. Like they just had the fire in them today, and I guess like they they got up today. Like they really got up for this matchup in a way we haven't really seen them get up through most of the season besides this last four games. Like I don't know what fire got lit under their their ass this these last month, but something about the Packers in January since the floor they're seventeen and one or eighteen to one now. I think so. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good. December and January. My, my apologies. Yeah. Um. So in ensuing, um, kickoff for the the Vikings gets returned for 39 yards. Not too good of a of a coverage on that one for almost 40 yards to set them up with some pretty good field position. Um. But they end up driving a little bit. They have a uh, Delvin Cook for a negative yard, incomplete pass to Justin Jefferson. Um. Then. I don't want to say it's like a bad theme because it happened twice, but third and 11, uh, mm. no contain on Kirk Cousins, which like, are you really worried about contain on Kirk Cousins? Turns out just maybe a little bit as the, uh, as he scrambles for 19 yards to pick up um, the first down. And that happened later in the game too. Yeah. Um, I don't want to worry about it because it's not worth worrying about given how the defense played. But giving up that many yards on two rushes from Kirk Cousins, who isn't the fastest quarterback in the world, is just that tiniest bit concerning. Like, that 
for sure one of them, I think it was Justin Hollins, went way too far. He overextended. That was definitely that, was the that first one. one. That was the yes. first one. He overextended behind. And he almost like got gifted a second. He almost got him. Right. Yeah. Kirk ran into him and was like, oh, wait, can't go that way. Then mm-hmm. ran for 20 yards. But then I think that was both of them. That was, I think it was Justin Hollins, that first one, and then Quay Walker, the second one, where they just went too far outside the edge and broke contain, opening up the, the center or the, the middle of the field for Kirk to run. So then um, after that run, first and 10, passed to Dalvin Cook for 16 yards. No gain, or I'm sorry, it went no huddle for like briefly. It wasn't a whole lot of the game. Um, four yard rush by Dalvin Cook, incomplete pass to Justin Jefferson. Um, play a game on Minnesota, which like was their center's fault. They lost their backup center early, early in the game, and that played a theme throughout this game. Like, very much so. That the, this delay of game. There was one earlier where they didn't know the snap count. I believe there was a penalty on the Vikings for that. And then later in the game, um, I think there might might be one on the next drive that they have. Um, I was trying to make sure I'm not missing one, but I know for sure in the uh, in the second half, the entire offense moved, and the center didn't hike the ball. So like yeah. that's just part of trotting out your third string center. So. Not ideal. So then that goes to uh, third and 11. Pass to uh, Delvin Cook for one yard. Makes it fourth and 10. Greg Joseph. Oh man, Greg Joseph. 46 yard field goal. And just nowhere near the uprights. Just wide, wide right. So the uh, this field goal gives the Packers the ball at the uh, their own 36, at which point they end up gaining about 20 yards. Two missed uh, passes to A.J. Dillon and Chris Watson starts the drive, but then uh, a pass for Al Lazard goes to 14. Really a fan of his day. Um, yeah. Al Lazard, 5 for 6. 5 receptions on 6 targets, 59 yards. Um, I think, I don't know the exact stats for after he had um, today's game, but they mentioned on the broadcast that 75% of Lazard's catches this season have went for a first down or a touchdown. So, like, this makes is, sense. This is the Al, Al Lazard enigma where yeah. he makes impact plays and really does well as being, I don't want to call him a safety valve because he can't be relied on like that given some of the drops he's had. But it feels like when they need it, he makes the catch and gets the first down. Yeah. It's like when they're gaining momentum and like if he caught, catches it, they're starting to move down the field. Those are when he gets bad drops. Yes. Yes. So, the Lions game for sure. I can think of like examples of that kind of thing. Yep. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, yeah, just really good stuff from um, from Alan Lazard there. Got to get back to the, the proper proper tab here. Second and six after uh, an AJ Dillon rushed for four yards. Deep, deep pass to Christian Watson. He's got him. Hits him right between the hands and then into his face for an incomplete pass that ends <laughs> the first quarter. Really wish he would have caught some of those passes today. He definitely had a few that he was worth that he could have caught. Also a couple of bad throws by Aaron Rodgers just to not hit him in stride where he was going. But And a missed DPI call for sure that would have had a touchdown. So, but I'd like to point out that we've now been talking for 29 minutes and 50 seconds and counting. The first quarter has just ended <laughs> on that throw. Yeah. In real time. Like from the beginning of kickoff to where I saw where the first quarter ended on my Hulu stream when I was watching it back, fifty minutes. Oh my 50 god! Minutes to play one quarter. Of wow! <laughs> it didn't feel like that. I but now, yeah, I disagree. I you like, disagree? I like I kept checking the time. I was like, where is this for the first quarter? Like I think it's like because obviously there were so many turnovers and there's like. Like they they cut to commercial after every score. So, That's true, yeah. Like they went to to commercial for the field goal. They went to commercial for the touchdown uh return kickoff return. Then Savage. Right. And then pictures. Joseph misses a field goal. They went to cut they went to commercial after yeah. that. Like it was just a lot of commercials, but also a lot of incomplete passes. There wasn't a lot of time running off the clock. Um so it was a really long first quarter. <laughs> It sped up up as the game went along. Right, it definitely sped up as the game went along. And I thought it was fun. I was like, wow, that's a long quarter football. And to be up 17-3 is is good stuff. Or I'm sorry, 14-3 at this exact moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So second quarter starts, Packers driving, end up getting um, to uh, the Minnesota three. Nothing too huge couple of uh, just chunk plays, nine yards here, four yards here. Um, but it was on this drive, uh, second and six. I think this is, I'm pretty sure this is the play. Either this one or the next one. Aaron Jones uh, up the middle for, or I'm sorry, off the right end for seven yards, and then up the middle for set for 11. So this marked the third 1,000-yard season for Aaron Jones. And I don't think it can be talked about enough just how beneficial that he's been to the Packers' success these last three years. Like, 13 and all Matt LaFleur does, except for this season, 
is get 13 win seasons. And I think he was a huge part of especially the uh, 20 and 21 seasons and getting to that mark. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, even before we talked about after the game of like, they're, they know how especially Aaron Jones is to them. Mm-hmm. And even acknowledge like when we are at our best is because Aaron Jones is running the team or fueling the team or whatever you want to call it. Right. And that part, again, not to be a, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, scratch his old record again, whatever the phrase is, God, cannot think. Um, but to, the Packers are at the best when Aaron Jones is just featured in the offense as he was yesterday. Yep. He just, if, and obviously the last few weeks were more complicated because he had a bum ankle and there's a lot of, you know, speculation about how would that affect him uh, going to the Vikings game? It did not, it did not really affect him right. all that much. I would say um, in terms of just like his output and, you know, stats and all the otherwise, but like, this is what they kind of needed. They they balanced Jones and Dylan so well off of each other uh, during this win. I definitely it definitely wasn't an issue because he got 100 yards this season. But I definitely think they're cognizant or 100 yards. They got 100 yards this game. Aaron Jones did. I definitely think they're cognizant of it though in how they're running him because I think they did take out Aaron Jones in like the fourth quarter. Yes, because I know Patrick Taylor started playing, and then after AJ yep. Dylan, like I think AJ Dylan's touchdown drive, um. There wasn't a lot of Aaron Jones there. Mm-hmm. So at least they're cognizant of it and letting him get the work he needs, but not pushing him when he doesn't be playing. Which yeah. is always good. So with that being said, down to the Minnesota six and then ended up going to the Minnesota three. Uh chip shot from Mason Crosby makes it seventeen three. And then uh another bad drive for the Vikings, which I'm not <laughs> sorry to say. Um Dalvin Cook for nine yards, Dalvin Cook for four yards. Here's the penalty on the um, center again. False start. Or well, it does, they don't call it on the center. It was on the left tackle um, or the right tackle, but it was because he didn't snap the ball. Like yeah. they did, they just picked the guy and gave it to him. Um, and then um, another penalty puts him at first and twenty-five after a hold, and then short or I should say short or short pass to T.J. Hawkinson for twelve yards, and then. Um, nine more yards puts him at third and four but uh this is the play where uh it was a pass to kj osborne and he caught over in the middle of the field and uh quay walker and rudy ford took kj osborne and put him through a table like the dudley brothers in 1990 double wwe <laughs> 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 that's a rough penalty like yeah can't body slam the dude but like Rudy Ford had his legs and Quay Walker had his like upper body and it's like I immediately flash back to like six year old me watching Bubba Ray and something put dudes to the table because that's exactly what it looked like yeah it was very uh extreme yeah that's very extreme what it was um so then next play first and ten at the Green Bay 31 um, Kirk Cousins lost the pass for Adrian or for Justin Jefferson. Absolutely no chance. Like, or it's I was, was it tipped? It was tipped on the line. He lost his footing. Yes, uh, on his route, and it was basically just like Adrian yeah. Amos, come on up. Here's the ball for you. Yeah, I'm trying to <laughs> see. I know for sure I had who blocked that one because I thought it was Devontae Wyatt at first. 
Um, but it wasn't. Jaron Reed tipped it. So that's what I have in my notes. It was they never showed a replay, and I was like peering at like the numbers, just trying to make out what number it was. And Jaron Reed was uh way I ended up coming down with. So really, yeah. just great, great stuff to be to be have. Second interception of the game for Kirk Cousins, and uh, spoiler alert: another one is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, first and ten for the Packers of the Green Bay forty. Um, short short drive because just had a couple big uh, big plays. Um, six yards from AJ Dillon, three yards from um, Aaron Jones off the left end, but then thirty one yards for him on just some great running, great blocking. Just again, Alan Lazard and the rest of the wide receiver blocking. Oh, oh and Marcellus Lewis can't forget him. Yeah, just do such a great job to utilize Aaron Jones's outside rushing ability. Um, penalty gets a hold on um, John Runyon. A little short pass to Randall Cobb, who for nine yards, who again did pretty well today. He returned one punt, was very afraid for it, but still a good punt return nonetheless. And then on a scramble play, more of a coverage touchdown, like a coverage, or a, yeah, a scramble touchdown is what I called. Big pass from Aaron Rodgers to Bobby Tanyan, just like. There's little flashes of old Aaron Rodgers just coming out this season, and that was one of those passes where it's off his back foot and his throwing motion is just like so smooth, and he le- he leaves the 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 wrist flick on mm-hmm. some of those, and that was one of those. So an absolute dime to the Bobby T to go up twenty four three. And uh, with how much left? How much was left at that point? Two minutes and forty one seconds. <laughs> So yeah, the game is already out. Twenty four. It was well, yeah. You can't entirely say that, at, like knowing like, with hindsight, obviously, but like we how uh, how how would you really would have known having known that the Vikings scored thirty three unanswered and just didn't have that propensity to to clinch? Like I knew it going in to my watch that the Packers won this game. Because I watched it after the fact, after it happened. Yeah. But I wasn't confident in the offense of how it looked up until that drive. No. It, obviously, there's plenty of reason to. I can say the same thing about the Vikings. <laughs> right. No, I totally get that. <laughs> and I think, like, too, like this, I mean, it wasn't, we were talking about it uh, during our look ahead to the game and stuff like that. But, like, between Cousins, just, not having it for mm-hmm. a multitude of reasons. Um, Greg Joseph just biffing. I mean, he's a good kicker, but wide right, wide left on pretty, pretty tough kicks. Right. But in the elements and stuff like that, it was just like everything, everything that could go wrong for the Vikings obviously went wrong. And right. it was just like, uh, yeah. Especially in the first half. Like, and that's just like, what yeah. I don't, that's where I was like, it can't get, it can't keep, I'm sorry if I can speak, it can't keep being this bad, right? Was my like yeah. thought process watching the game. It's like, yeah. they have to make some sort of effort, right? Like there has to be some highlights for them in this in, in this third quarter when they come out and there just wasn't. Um, but yeah, this this last drive of the um, first half for them, they drove it pretty nice, started at the Minnesota 22 and they got to the Packer 32. Um, no big plays. Just a couple of chunk, uh, 
chunk yards. So I think there was one play, 16 yards was their biggest play on this drive. Um, but then, as you said, wide left from Greg Joseph um, turns the ball over to the Packers. But the Packers run a great um, one, two, three, four plays with 36 seconds left to end the half. Um, deep pass to Al Lazar for 16 yards, um, then over the middle to Bobby Tunyon for seven yards, and a spike. So they got 23, 23 yards and just about 30 seconds. And then Mason Crosby trots out. Um, they needed my, every one of those yards, as we will find out. Needed every one of those yards. Uh, trots out to kick or attempt his longest field goal at Lambeau ever. Well, made field goal. I think he's probably attempted further, but mm, um, okay. Mason Crosby, right boot, ball in the air, off the crossbar and in. Like that. I think that's the moment when you're like, okay, the Packers are winning because everything is yeah. going their way besides that punt. Like after that punt, everything has just went their way. Yeah. But yeah, that was his longest make at Lambo, I believe. Is what I was seeing on the Twitter machine. That is surprising in some ways, but not. He's never had a huge leg. Never had a huge leg, but I feel like he's had ideal circumstances to probably 56 yards. I mean, I know there's a lot of recent kickers that have like broken like six yards, like routinely, like Justin Tucker just kind of like exists in his own class. But yeah, that is still mighty impressive that you could do that in a January game. Right. Too. You keep saying January. I'm like, it just doesn't sound right. I know. It does not sound right. Um, Matt Schiemann <laughs> tweeted on New Year's Day, Mason Crosby's 56-yard field goal and the half is the longest field goal in Lambeau field history by a Packers kicker. So, by default. Now, that is surprising. Yeah. Like, I should say, yeah, it's... But the, then there's it was, not... It was, it was, it was Crosby's career long at, at Lambeau. So... Yeah. Um, But he his career long is 58, and that was away. So... Yes. Okay. Um, Obviously. That ends the... The... Uh, a half, 27-3. Everything coming up Millhouse for the Packers... <laughs> Um, they get the ball to start the second half. Not a great start. Five plays, 16 yards. Like, that would have been a great time, again, to really feel good going in, not having the hindsight that they won this game. To go down and score a touchdown there would have been fantastic. Um, punted away. Uh, Vikings get it. They do their own drive. Like, they, they drove pretty much the length of the field from the Minnesota 15 down to the Packer 15. And, um... Second and ten as they're looking to score. After a couple of pretty big defensive plays just on this drive, this is also the drive where the center had another false start, but not called on him. Like a, a late start, we'll call it. Yeah. <laughs> um first and ten the Green Bay fifteen. The uh Kirk Cousins attempted a pass to TJ Hawkinson and was jumped by Adrian Amos, like, threw the ball, great pass breakup. Like, if he doesn't get there at a touchdown for TJ Hawkinson, would have a, probably a different feel. Like, 27-10 feels a lot different and a lot more doable. Um, were it not for the next play, where Kenny Clark sacks Kirk Cousins for a lot of seven yards, but punches the ball out and recovers himself. Like, just a great sack. Like, he gets in, and I just, like, as soon as I saw Kenny Clark, I saw it happen. I was just like, that was sweet. Like, he just put yeah. the ball right out of Kirk Cousins' hands, and picked up himself and big turnover big big turnover oh my god tough day for Kirk Cousins 
You're not kidding. You're not kidding. <laughs> it is almost remarkable that this this <laughs> I don't know. I I just can't resist like talking about just like he feels like the most he feels like the biggest over overachiever as a quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Do you, do you know what I mean? I I would the I would probably agree with you had I not just had the name Nick Foles pop into my head. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl and got dismantled by the as a Colts quarterback last week. Like that's my only I get your point. I think I would agree with your point if you're like Kirk Cousins is the most overachieving starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I think it's 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 the sample size of it. It's right. Nick Foles, you know, comes in and right. um yeah, with Curse of getting hurt. Kirk Cousins, it is repeatedly just like it's like a whack-a-mole. It just feels like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you're going up, you're going up, and then it's like you have you have Stefan Diggs, you have Adam Thielen, who did like he's kind of past you know his peak, I would say, but like did Kirk. really productive things. Kirk or, Th- uh, or Thielen? Thielen, Thielen. Yeah. Um, you get Justin Jefferson. You have Dalvin Cook. You you make a lot of money for uh for a team that needed a quarterback at that time, and it's like up and up and up and up, and then it's like every time it's like you go back down, and it's like hard. It is so he. I just. And it's not even like it's one of those things where he is at the center of like all these bad things right. repeatedly. He throws the picks, it bounces off someone's helmet and he catches it and he goes for a touchdown or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like that kind of thing of like you're strip sacked by just standing there. Right. And it's like you just can't help he can't help but being who he is. I don't understand it. I think that <laughs> Kirk really benefits from games where you where teams let him beat them like the Packers did in the first yeah. game but as soon as like he gets that little bit of adversity is where this starts to happen like I think yeah. he's I don't know how should I put this I think he's talented I think he has a place in the NFL I just think he's prone to games like this that make it really hard for him to ever achieve like that really good next level and I think he's uplifted a lot by the people around him, like Delvin Cook, absolutely, Stephon Diggs, uh, Jefferson, Justin, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, like Thielen throwing Hawkinson now. Yeah, like he, you know, yeah. I know for I know they talked a lot about on during the game, specifically Tony Romo, like the reason why things didn't work obviously for him and Jefferson is that like he is going through his reads and Jefferson is still running his routes. Yep. Part of it, obviously, as you mentioned, definitely due to the pressure that, you know, the Vikings line succumbed to and the Packers defense is getting home repeatedly and pressuring them, mm-hmm. sacking him, forcing the ball out of his hands, all that stuff. But I, so you have that layer of it of like, well, he, you know, he's doing the best he can under the circumstances. But it was also like, I also think that based on what they kept, doing to try to get out of it it was like you're exacerbating the situation when it's like you're putting him i don't know it's twofold because of like you look at Kirk cousins being who he is and just like he can do these things when the circumstances align with one another but when things 
you know, take one one of those things away, like good pass protection, which is not easy to come by. It's been as tough for them be. this year in general, too. Very much so. I, yeah, and what was the he's had a career high in sacks allowed or yep. sacks pressures and hit. sacks this year. He's or hit. I'm sorry, hits and sacks this year. He's getting yeah hit a lot. So obviously, there's like an infrastructure thing, but then it just leads into well you're not seeing the, the guys that you're looking towards, they're not seeing you or you're seeing them before they're actually looking at you and all that stuff. Like, I don't know that it's such a, we always, part of the football, like, Oh, he's doing bad. blah blah blah. Like we saw with Tua before the concussion stuff came out too, where it's like, you throw three picks, you're, you're garbage, you're blah, blah, blah. Right. But it's like, it is also a circumstance or like it's happening based on what's going else or going on elsewhere around the field and stuff like that. Right. Exactly. It just, what do you do with a quarterback like that? Like, it's just, it's tough to mm-hmm. um, grade and judge a quarterback like that one. It's, it's so boomer bust at times. So, yeah. um, but as I talked about, as I talked about ensuing drive from the Packers, big touchdown drive. And uh, just drove the field. Twenty start the game with twenty four. Uh, ended up with a touchdown from Aaron Jones. I'm sorry, AJ Dillon up the middle. But just a lot of good chunk plays. This this uh this drive. This one of the <laughs> the drive where the of the same drive the Vikings had ten men on the field for like legitimately half the play clock. One dude runs off the field. And Aaron Rodgers and the offense are like looking around, like, okay, like, oh my God. they have 10 men. What are we doing? And they like go through and figure it out and then end up with like a nine yard pass or something to Randall Cobb, 11 yards. But they had plenty of opportunity to run out a uh, player out there and never did. And like, <laughs> I'm not kidding, like six plays later, they got him called yeah. like 14 men on the field as like three are running off. Just really funny. Um, <sighs> But yeah, um, 11 yards to Christian Watson, um, 15 yards to Alan Lazard, 11 yards to Romeo Dobbs, who has been quiet since his return from injury, but it's nice to see him getting in the mix a little bit. So hopefully that that could just be a rounded out offense in the playoffs should we make it or next year with the bar receiving core. Um, but yeah, then more, more A.J. Dillon ends up with a big run up the middle to score the touchdown without I guess the play before that he absolutely obliterated or two plays before that whatever it was um oh no yeah it was, was the play before it obliterated um Harrison Smith ran right over him to get to the two yard line yeah. Patrick Peterson with him just put his shoulder down <laughs> ran him right over so that made it 34 to 3 and then um that was right at the end of the third quarter. Ensuing kickoff. Vikings get it. Kirk Cousins tries to go into hero mode. It's the fourth quarter. This is their time. Lofts it up for Justin Jefferson. This is the interception that had absolutely no shot of being completed. Uh, yeah. Rudy Ford comes over. Thank you very much. I will take that. Like It was just floated. and It was an awful pass. Awful, awful, awful pass. So, Rudy Ford interception. Big fan. Big, big fan. <laughs> big fan. Yep. <laughs> um, Packers get the ball at the 45. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me stop. 
this is where I want to have the discussion on the defense because they played their played out of their minds on Sunday. Like I don't I don't have like the exact yardage amounts for all these things, but Justin Jefferson had the one catch in the third the third quarter, um, for fifteen yards was what we said, yeah. And then through that uh through that play, I think Kirk Cousins did end up staying one more in for one more drive. He had a pass for nine yards and then a pass for forty seven yards for the on the Jason Jalen Naylor touchdown. So fifty six yards. So take that away from his two hundred and five total. They held Kirk Cousins to hundred and fifty yards through three quarters. That's good. That's very good. That's really very good. good. Not to mention the three interceptions and the fumble. Like yeah. The the front four, we'll call them, because even though they have a three four defense, they've changed their philosophy to really just <laughs> rushing four. Now, um, like Preston Smith, Justin Hollins, both did really good um studying the edge today. I keep saying today, Sunday. <laughs> um Kenny Clark, Jared Reed obviously had a really good game with their with their contributions with the the tip pass the interception and the, the strip sack fumble. Um Quay Walker was flying around, Devontae Campbell's making tackles like the entire defense played four quarters of good football, Jordan. This is the first time all season we've seen this. Uh is it the first time? I think. Like I think they got dice, like the dice in the Miami game. I would have said the Buccaneers game. But it's not, but it, it didn't feel as good as this one. I suppose obviously. that could probably be, be said. I won't. And it still went down the wire. Right. Like, I think there were still plays in there where they had big plays let up. Like, that was the big thing about this game is there, like, besides, like, what, the Kirk, two Kirk Cousins plays and the garbage time Jalen Naylor touchdown? Like, I give no thought to the Jalen Naylor touchdown. Corey Ballantyne let it up. Like, mm-hmm. Name the 53-man roster. Corey Valentine is one of the last ones you name because he's just that far down and all it matters. No offense to Corey Valentine. You just don't. He's just not yeah. going to play very often. And so um, I'm trying to see, like, Kirk Cousins had, like, the long of 19 yards for his rush. The longest receiving um, thing besides Jill Nose was KJ Osborne's for 16 yards, mm-hmm. then 13, 16, 16, 15, and that came on two catches one catch one catch one catch so like i'm good on having no receptions over 20 yards besides the garbage time one and no rushes over 13 yards for the running backs delvin cook was held to 27 yards rushing today or sunday yeah. my word <laughs> just go with it just go we're going with it right now yeah so like they just they the, the rush defense showed up Pass rush got home a couple times and caused some havoc for Kirk Cousins leading to interceptions. Just what a what a day for these guys and just like a great show out in a game they needed to win. Yes, yeah. I mean, under fire all year long. We knew that this the key to the Packers' success this year would be through their defense, at least yeah. early on. Um, we've seen that in fits and starts has been as consistent. Their best players have had either been injured at times or lost in the season, obviously too. Yep. Um, inconsistent could look at like Jair Alexander, even like quieter cases like Adrian Amos. Everybody's had 
at least stretches of not playing their best ball. And to see everything come together in the fashion that it did Sunday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, was just, it, it made it that much sweeter because it, it just felt like, instead of like pointing out, you know, a player or a, a drive where they like, that's what we needed to see mm-hmm. all game long. And it's like, to, to go from higher expectations and middling expectations to be like, just prove that you're a competent defense. Let's just do it kind of thing. Um, And it turns out, I mean, you know, the Vikings saw firsthand, not that their defense felt it. um, It was more, more so their offense, but like that's a team that is struggling with a defense at far worse than the Packers. And they're in a better position than the Packers are right now. You know, that kind of thing. So yeah, I go ahead. No, you go. You I'll go. Say, surprisingly, that was the the Aaron Jones's game this week. He had 100 yards, or I guess I had he had exactly um, everything's going back to the wrong thing. 111 yards today. That was the first time the Vikings had let up an individual 100 yard rusher. Yeah. So like, that's it doesn't, I, it doesn't sound right because like running backs had, had such success against them, but it was all in the passing game. And like, yeah, and that's not to say that. Um, Aaron Jones. Actually, is that is Pollard? Did that, Pollard? That was all like receiving. He that lit, was receiving. He lit him up That's too, right. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah, yeah, just like a really good show out by the defense, and obviously the the offense. Um, just did its part too. I'm trying to look up the the box score for the Cowboys game so I can tell you. Uh, Tony Pollard went 15 for 80. In uh, the running game, but he went six for 109 in the passing game. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. Just. I I have to eat crow. Like, we have to have this conversation that if they have a good showing next week, we have to have the Joe Berry conversation on what do they do, because. You and I both, Jordan, have been calling for his head all season long. Argued he shouldn't even have made it this far. And now, in the last month, since December, um, Packers have allowed one touchdown in the second half. And that was that garbage time Jalen Naylor touchdown. Like, they're just playing a more complete game. And you can say, like, the level of talent wasn't there. They're playing, like... They played the Dolphins, the Bears, the Rams, and then now the Vikings, which like are a good team. Like you can't complain about talent up for that one, or lack of talent. But those other three games, they just did what did what they were supposed to. To see them continue that and do it to the Vikings is encouraging, and they're trending in the right direction. Trending in the right direction for sure. Joe Barry and the whole coaching staff, for that matter have pressed the right buttons, have felt this sense of urgency, everything that you want to see, you know, to salvage whatever, you know, whatever percent chance that they had a couple of weeks ago to now that they're, it's a win and you're in kind of situation. I do think if we're looking at this very level-headedly, if that's a word, we got to be reactionary, Jordan. Yeah, we're fans, Packers, football. Um, I could easily make the case that the 
the run that they're on, the fact that a lot of their defensive, you know, uh, prowess, I guess, the last couple of games have, has been based in generating takeaways, which to bring up this word again, fluke, it's, it's so, it can go so many different ways. It's why defenses regress so crazily from one year to the next. Right. And the Packers kind of managed to avoid that um, a couple of years ago with like when Lafleur first came to Green Bay, they had that big, you know, I talked about it way too much at this point, but like Pedden is the lone mainstay on the, the coaching staff. Oh. They, you know, we saw how that went and all that stuff. But for where the Packers were and the fact that, you know, it coincided with the stretch where Aaron Rodgers was the most reckless he has ever been with the ball. And that's an incredibly high standard, obviously, that he set for himself. But even beyond that, it was the fumbles. It would be the missed, the um, uh, trying to handle the ball and it just goes between both, you know, four sets of hands. Yep. And stuff like that that just was not going the Packers' way. Now it's going to the Packers' way where their defense is not only forcing takeaways, they have uh, interception return for a touchdown, a special teams touchdown for the first time, or a kick return touchdown for the first time in a decade. Right. Like stuff like that, that like that is certainly contributed to where they are in this run and stuff like that, that I think is obviously benefiting Joe Barry, if we're talking about like that conversation specifically, but the defense overall, because it, this is, it's, it's, you know, the luck factor of like, that's catching up to them. They were down on their luck by all means <laughs> um, just a few weeks ago. And now that's that luck has turned. And it's just a matter of, can you still get in those same spots to continue creating takeaways, wreaking havoc and all that stuff that, has really turned this team into what, you know, again, what we kind of thought was going to be the case going into the year. Right. And I think, like, they talked about, too, like, Tony Rowan touched on it during the game. He's like, yes, the Packers team is playing, like, how they should have been playing at the beginning of the year. Like, they are, they bring the old, I think it's Dennis Green, right, the old Carlos coach, they are who we thought they were. And they, they're running the ball with purpose, and it's not, it's like the focal point of the, the Packers offense now. Their defense is silent and profile and holding receivers to zero yard or 15 yards on one catch and just doing really good things and playing as a team. So, yeah, it's going to be a conversation. And it's if they play well against the Lions, knock on wood, I get reach over, good close up on the uh, the old camera there. Um, I think it's just really going to be an interesting conversation because it's. If they win on Sunday against the the Lions, their their season long winning streak will have matched their season long losing streak. So it's like yeah. there's two big fluctuations going like going from losing five straight to winning five straight. Like obviously, like we, you guys can tell, our moods are much better right now as this team is winning than it was in the just awful time of that was in that five game losing streak, <laughs> ending with ironically, coincidentally, the Detroit Lions. So, it'll be interesting to to, to see nonetheless. Um, just to wrap up our our recap of the drive, so we don't miss anything. Um, after the interception from Kirk Cousins, Packers go down and score a touchdown on a amazing little run from Aaron Aaron Rodgers. It's amazing. Just feels amazing. I was at the game, 
forever ago, I forget when it was, when Aaron Rodgers rushed for a touchdown. He like juked out this Vikings defender and r- ran right in. And oh my god! I had this. Yeah. I had like flashbacks to that with this little pump fake that Rodgers did to get the defender up in the air and run around him. So he has a knack for doing that. So that made it forty-one to ten. The aforementioned Jalen Miller touchdown came after that. Um, or I'm sorry, no, that was before that. My apologies. They pulled Kirk Cousins from the game, and Nick Mullins of all people, Nick Mullins, let a drive down the field um, to then make it forty-one seventeen, a game lot. Not as close as the score would, uh, what the score would say. So, Packers end the game on a on a kneel down. That's it. That's all she wrote. Jordan, do you have anything else to say about our Green Bay Packers and this dismantling of the Minnesota Vikings? Um, they answered the call. This is this is what we what we wanted. We needed to see a complete victory and performance. And um, yeah, there was definitely some things to work on offensively. It wasn't exactly a uh, clean game on that end of the ball, but, or side of the field, whatever, (laughs) whatever uh, way to describe the offense. Um, But players stepped up, multiple players stepped up when needed and, you know, for as much as we can really lay the blame on why the Packers are in this position in the first place, that they, you know, in many ways, this should not be the case because of everything else. Like, it's just crazy to go through all these run of scores of, you know, leading up to the game. It's like they get all the help they need. Yeah. In almost last every week freaking week. <laughs> game. Yeah. Last week, this week, even going back to when, um, was that after the Bears game? It, it just started like <laughs> just going on and on. It's like, well, they lost. Oh, that team lost. The Seahawks have lost. And, like everybody's sliding. The 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 team that had the best chance and had the tiebreaker over the Packers, Washington, a couple of weeks ago, go changes quarterbacks, and we saw how that turned out. Right. Um, and they lose, and they're eliminated from playoff contention. Literally everything that could go the Packers way has gone their way mm-hmm. and they have taken care of business in the most emphatic way possible against the Vikings. And it's very, I feel obviously very optimistic more so than I have at any point this season. <laughs> um, but it is just a scary prospect to like, to know that like all this work could just go away like, if they lose. I saw the tweet from Peter Bukowski uh, yesterday after the game, Sunday after the game, and like this 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 outcome has two like realistic. Or this 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 season has two realistic outcomes. Either you embarrassingly lose to the Lions on national TV on Sunday night, or you go to the playoffs. And this is the year you finally beat the Niners and like advance to do something special. There's no in between. Like there isn't. Like this is how this is how it is. So obviously there is, but that's not the point. So um yeah, I'm already nervous for next week. We'll talk about it more our later pod this week, but uh we picked them to lose again and they won. So I will not be picking the Packers to win another game this season. <laughs> I'm not stitious. I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. <laughs> <laughs> Um, alrighty folks, that does it all for us 
Um, as we mentioned, we'll be back later this week to talk about the preview for the final game of the regular season against the Detroit Lions on Sunday Night Football. Uh, flex to that um, to that primetime spot, so we'll get a little nightcap of NFL football. Um, check out all the other podcasts on the GSPN Podcast Network, even though that was redundant. <laughs> um, Ty Rohan released an episode of Eurostep today. I think it was today, on Monday, talking about the New Year's resolutions for the Milwaukee Bucks and the fans. Um, spoiler alert, not that I listened to it, but I'm guessing it's going to be resolutions to take a little bit off of the Chris Middleton worrisome, even though that is a little worrisome. Mm-hmm. Um, then Jordan, I believe you and Adam, at least one in six late last week, correct? Yes, we talked we talked plenty about the rumors and uh, uh, reports, I should say, too. Uh, that Mark Lazary has been actively looking to sell his share of the Milwaukee Bucks. So yep. the implications about what that move can mean, and we went through a bunch of scenarios of why the timing now, I think that's probably the biggest question that both of us had of right. why someone would do that, which is I thought was very interesting. Um, and then Adam and Andrew Snyder released an episode on Avatar, the way of water um, on the make time for this feed. So go check that out if you've seen that 11-year film process and James Cameron doing his James Cameron thing. Um, that is it for all of us today. Thank you again, everybody, so much for tuning in. We will catch, you will catch us again later this week. Happy New Year. And uh, Jordan, thank you. Thank you. a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year 100,000 mile limited warranty you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible visit your local kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner kia movement that inspires call 800-333-4kia for details always drive safely limited inventory available warranties include 10-year 100,000 mile powertrain and 5-year 60,000 mile basic warranties are limited see retailer for details